Howdy, pilgrims. Hope everyone is having a great week. Here's what to expect from this week's dose. First up, we have Jinx, a modern dog food company which just announced their $17.85 million Series B led by The Merchant Club and Align Ventures. Then you'll hear about on-course golf tracking company Arc Coast, which just raised a $20 million Series C led by the PGA Tour, with participation from top golf brands like Ping and TaylorMade. And lastly, stick with us for an update on Ramp, a company we covered all the way back on Episode 7. The expense management startup is back in the news with a $300 million round of funding. Another great breakdown on the docket. We always like to see a, an update come back for the Pillfolio, so excited to dive into it. Here we go. This is VenturePill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. For this week, we've got Jinx. Jinx, you owe me soda. A modern Shit. day... <laughs> A modern dog food company, which just announced their $17.85 million Series B, led by The Merchant Club and Align Ventures. Now, they also have a bunch of dog-loving celebrity investors like Chris Evans, Halsey, Trevor Noah, Nas, and Michael Strahan. You can't help but imagine Michael Strahan and his dog have such a special relationship. Definitely <laughs> a loving dog owner, that's for sure, as well as oh, the yeah. others that you mentioned. And so a little more on Jinx. Uh, the company is carving themselves a nice position within the super ultra-crowded dog food market with a focus on healthy, natural ingredient-based, and more importantly, better-tasting dog food for everyone's favorite furry friends. The company was founded by Terry Rakovich, Samir Mehta, and Michael Kim back in 2019, and they started out with a heavy focus on the direct-to-consumer channel. Yeah, and with this investment, they will now shift their focus to develop in the retail space, a move we've seen by other food brands actually that we've covered in the past. So certainly Magic Spoon comes to mind, the, the high-protein mm -hmm. cereal that made a name for itself online and it now used a round of funding to expand into retail. It's a playbook that we've seen in action before, and I think it makes sense to take them to that next level. Right. And according to Terry, one of the founders you just mentioned, this is a direct quote from the article we've linked. She said that we launched Jinx with a mission to better every dog's bowl because a healthy diet can add up to 2.5 years to a dog's lifespan. If there's one data point we feel most proud of, it's that Jinx is driving category growth via incremental customers. And if we get the chance to compete in the dog's bowl, we're the clear favorite. And that's an end quote. So clearly that, that better taste coming back to play. Uh, the dog is choosing Jinx. So proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every dog owner would be willing to buy Jinx if it can add 2.5 years to a dog's lifespan. That's amazing. Additionally, according to the press release, the company has become the fastest growing brand in retail. That is double take worthy, pacing to land over $45 million in revenue this year. They also added Kyle Banahan as president last year, who you may know as the former chief commercial officer at Amplify Snack Brands. So think about some of your favorite snacks like Skinny Pop Popcorn, 
Pirate's Booty, which is just as nostalgia mm. as it gets for me, as well as Dot's Pretzels, which are some of the best pretzels I've ever had. Off the record, not an ad. Some of the best pretzels in the industry. On the record, Dot's Pretzels has unnecessarily dairy in it, so I've never had them and I hate them. Oh, we are a house <laughs> divided, but we still stand on that one. All that to say, Amplify has amassed a $1 billion plus snacking portfolio. Yeah, so big experience there from Kyle. Awesome to have him aboard uh, tangentially into the pet food space. So that'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, plays he can run that, that he ran back at Amplify. They're already doing really well in in retail. It's not like they are just starting to do this. So they're in 5,000 doors nationwide across some of the biggest stores. Think of Walmart, Target, PetSmart. There were several others listed as well. This investment is not only a vote of confidence by their Series A lead, so doubling down, so to speak, but also a sign that more growth is yet to come. Even beyond those 5,000 doors, they're going to pour fuel on this retail and e-commerce fire to get this dog food out to the dog masses, right? So a great foundation, a great team, a little bit of money to pour onto this, and it'll be really exciting to see how they continue to carve out that space, again, in a competitive market. Yeah. And again, if, if, if the dog food tastes anything like Dot's pretzels and the dog doesn't have a dairy allergy, the dog's going to like what's in its bowl. I, I guarantee it. Uh, of course, not to jinx anything here. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do dogs, are, are there food allergies for dogs? I, I wouldn't know. Neither, neither of us is a dog owner, but we know so many great dogs and dog loving friends. So we had to do it for the pilgrims out there. If you, if you get a dog tomorrow, what are you naming it? Pilgrim. Mm. That's good. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Nice. I mean, personally, I'm probably rocking with something like Felix, maybe Chuck. My first dog was named Oscar. Shout out Oscar. Great dog. And that's also mm. a good name, I think. I like the human names being, you know, pet names as well. The overlap there is yeah. always a crowd pleaser. If I actually did get a dog, I, I would name it Rizzo. That's it'd pretty be, good. Uh, yeah, it'd be second to none. Anyways, second company of this week's dose, we've got the on-course golf tracking company, Arc Coast which just raised $20 million in Series C funding led by the PGA Tour. And with the investment, Arcoast becomes the PGA Tour's official game tracker. And not to mention, they have plenty of other big brands joining in on the fun. Ping, TaylorMade, Cobra, Puma Golf, as well as Top Golf Callaway brands also invested in the round. And I just found it funny. I was When I first read the name Arcos, it's A-R-C-C-O-S. It didn't occur to me, but I, upon looking at the website, they named it after the inverse cosine function, which if you'll, <laughs> you'll take a, a trip down memory lane back to high school or whenever you learned trigonometry, that's a fun one. Yeah, it's definitely a fun one. I'd say trigonometry is definitely an area I've become a little rusty. It's been a while since I whipped out the old TI-82 calculator, uh, but yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm envisioning like an... I'm envisioning like an inverse parabola type of shape in that, you know, the golf ball travels such a great distance, uh, but beautiful. Don't me on that. I, I have to say though, <laughs> I, I should, I should remember that because I took trigonometry two semesters in a row. I, I kind of <laughs> had a weird path through math. I'll leave it at that, but I, the, let's just say the second semester was a breeze in junior year of high school. So, <laughs> but I hardly remember any of it, but who does? 
And so, yeah, just to circle back real quick, awesome to see these votes of confidence from some of the most notable brands in golf, right? As well as the PGA Tour. Clearly, a lot of companies are picking up what Arcos is putting down here. And so what more precisely does Arcos actually do? Well, to start, they have the world's largest on-course data set. And this, combined with their AI and machine learning capabilities, allows them to provide golfers with the best real-time coaching available. And what's really cool is that it's offered on a super personalized level too. So the app gets to know you and your strengths and your weaknesses as a player and also helps with club selection, shot selection, all in real time. And if I had the app, it would be purely weaknesses, no strengths, besides vibes <laughs> on the course. That's my strength. <laughs> if you had the app, you'd be amazing, is what you meant to it's say. It's true. This, I need this app. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit more on how they get the data and provide this coaching. So again, we said it's an app. You can have that on your phone, which provides the real-time tracking of your shots using the AI, along with GPS. It acts almost, I think, as a good way to say it, like as a virtual caddy, so to speak, right? So you have that coach there right at your fingertips, giving you that real-time feedback and that expertise that you may lack, especially if you're more of a novice or new to the game. Yeah. And to just circle back, put a pin on my previous comment, my weaknesses are also my strengths on the golf course. So <laughs> I'm a wild card. Uh, but a little bit more on Arcos. So they have some tracking products, including sensors, which are useful for players that want to use their current club grips. Additionally, they offer grips, more specifically sensor integrated grips for your clubs. And lastly, they have a belt link, which allows players to collect data while also being able to leave their phone in the bag. And you know, when you're in the zone in golf, you don't want to be worrying about your phone. Get that out of here. Mm -mm. No, I don't like to have anything bulky in my pockets. I need free flowing, just absolute flexibility and movement. Mm -hmm. uh, my swing is a sight to behold. And uh, <laughs> I don't want a phone being <laughs> getting in the way of that. All jokes aside, though, with this investment, they're clearly the premier golf tech brand. And, and I got to say, this is among many other tracking apps out there, sensor companies, uh, the PGA Tour putting their stamp of approval on that alongside all of the other golf brands we mentioned. Exactly. And so all that sets the scene for Arcos being poised to continue to grow their presence. I imagine with a particular focus on marketing to get their name out there, spread the good word to all the golf lovers. It goes without saying that golf is such a fast growing sport in and of itself, increasingly over the years and continuing to get a foothold in the sports landscape. This is a really exciting company. Uh, for me, another summer has come and gone where I have not gotten any better at golf. So once again, <laughs> I will truly be keeping tabs and doing my own research into what Arcos can help me out with in my game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth mentioning, we brought up the PGA Tour in a totally unrelated but tangentially related context a few episodes back when we were talking about Saudi Arabia. Um, mm -hmm. It's good to see like something in a, in a positive light as they're now into this new phase with the partnership and investing in the game and rebuilding their brand, I would say. This is a good thing to see. So love the investment in the new technology and partnering with a startup like this. Yeah, agreed. And excited to have PGA Tour join the great list of lead investors in the Pillfolio. All right. And to close out this week's dose, we actually have a Pillfolio update. This update was actually made by Ramp, which just raised a $300 million funding round at a 28% lower valuation of $5.8 billion post money. And so this round was co-led by existing investor Thrive Capital and joined by new investor Sands Capital, with participation from General Catalyst, Founders Fund, and more. Truly an impressive cap table there. As a refresher, we covered their $750 million raise 
all the way back in episode seven. I'm sure everyone remembers that one. Uh, but back <laughs> then, their valuation was at $8.1 billion. Uh, so that was an insane valuation, eight unicorns. And now we're seeing their valuation drop off a little bit into $5.8 billion. Still a huge valuation, but a 25 plus percent drop off. Yeah. And I think it's great to see this, right? I think it's good of us to cover sometimes these down rounds. Um, still a step in the right direction, though, as we'll uncover a bit here. And so a brief refresher a little bit. Feel free to go back to episode seven, by the way. I'd, I'd love to hear anybody's feedback on how far we've come in, what is it, 76 episodes time, <laughs> uh, which is crazy to think about. So hop into the time capsule there a little bit if you're interested. But a, a quick refresher is this startup began with a corporate card offering designed to help businesses spend less. Then they saw insane expansion with startups in particular as customers and evolved into a platform that helps these companies save across the board in things like expense management, accounting automation, really streamlining financial operations at large. Yeah, they have evolved quickly. You mentioned a down round. And so I'm going to take this opportunity to give a brief state of the union on the market for fintech startups. So my fellow pilgrims, Ramp is not the only fintech startup to see a valuation drop in the past 18 months. In fact, larger private companies like Stripe and Klarna, some real giants in the fintech space, have also seen steep declines in valuations. And so all that to say that raising $300 million, especially in today's environment, is not so easy a feat. In fact, it's quite difficult. And to really double down on that, we pulled a cool stat, which is that global funding in the fintech space has essentially been cut in half to $7.8 billion in Q2 of 2023, which is its lowest level since 2017. So turning back the clock here, six years for the fintech space. Really, they've seen a rough go in the past 18 months. Yeah. So I, I love that you threw this in, right? It's all relative. So you know, talking about ramp, 28% markdown, that doesn't sound too good. But when you compare it to the market and what's been happening, and, and maybe that it was just a stretch in multiples simply, we're going to cover their expansion and, and recent traction that, that proves they, they're still growing. It's really, I think, just framing it against what the market looks like today. So I'm really glad you brought that up. A little bit more mm -hmm. on their expansion. They're still in growth mode, right? In terms of both products and customers. In June, they acquired a company called Cohere.io, not to be confused with Cohere, the AI company that, that we covered several episodes back. This is a startup that built an AI-powered customer support tool. So adding new tools into the ecosystem of the Ramp product offering. And earlier this month, Ramp announced that they were entering the procurement space with a focus on more complex enterprises. And so since their last raise, the company has expanded into a whole slew of products. I'll, I'll try to work through them quickly here. Advanced spend management software, travel, accounts payable, working capital, global coverage, intelligence. And they've additionally shipped hundreds of new features and improvements, updates that help businesses work more efficiently. Additionally, the company recently announced that it has landed a new customer in Shopify, which, as we all know, is an e-commerce giant in the space. So tons of good news compounding here. Yeah. And a little bit more on their traction. As of early August, more than 15,000 businesses use Ramp, from small startups to massive enterprises like you just mentioned. This represents a 3x growth since March 2022, right around when we covered them, when the company had just 5,000 clients. So again, just pointing towards the growth is there, just a new environment for, 
for how we're valuing these businesses. Right. And get those eyebrows up if they aren't already up, because we have some more incredible stats to highlight here for Ramps Traction. So their transaction volume has increased by over 6x since their last raise, which you mentioned. They're also the highest rated spend management platform in the United States. And this one's incredible. They've saved customers over $600 million and 8.5 million hours. Truly incredible. And the average customer spends 3.5% less after switching to ramp. So that may not seem like too significant of a percentage, but if you're dealing with a massive multi-billion dollar enterprise like Shopify, for instance, 3.5%, that, that makes a big difference. And a dollar saved is a dollar earned, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the numbers, again, speak for themselves. And we'll see what, what this round brings them to in terms of the next step. Is it an exit? opportunity, which could be going public. I don't know if there's a company out there like a big bank that would be interested in acquiring Ramp. I would think that this round in their mind is that final step to get them to that point for exit. So hopefully another update to come to get those investors that return that they seek. So we'll, we'll be keeping tabs yeah. for sure. Tabs will be kept. Hopefully it's <laughs> less than a 70 episode interval between our next update. But yeah, excited for the team at Ramp. And with all that said, that covers another diverse dose of startups, three companies doing some really innovative stuff in their respective fields. As always, want to shout out and thank our listeners for listening. Please continue to follow and engage with us on social media, rate the podcast, spread the good word. We always appreciate it. That just about does it for this week. 83 episodes in. It's been a pleasure as always, my friend. And thanks for listening. I'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do things differently than The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of independent brokerage solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security.